This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So I realized this morning we're only up to episode five in terms of, you know, the show. And I already have no idea what's in what episode. (laughs) That's because we're doing them all at once. It's becoming a blur already. It's crazy. I'm just like, I have no clue. It's like I'm going to have to keep a, you know, a sign in front of my desk stating what's in each episode. Something. <laughs> Something else we would have if we had an office. <laughs> exactly. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. This is our end of the old year, beginning of the new year listener questions episode. We'll also end today's episode with a Hollywood hack from a listener. Yes, Liz, I love listener questions episodes. It's so My favorite. Yeah, I love getting questions and answering them. And I have to say, you still sound a little sick, Liz. I'm sorry. Yes, I had a cold. I tested multiple times for COVID (laughs) and it was not COVID, but it was a very bad cold. So yeah, excuse my voice. Um, I'm still recovering. I'm very glad you're feeling much, much better. Thank you. Yes, much better. Okay, Sarah, shall we just cut to it and dive into our questions? Yes, absolutely. Okay, I love this one from Rose. She says, are you going to have another dog on Fantasy Island? Maybe a corgi. Oh. As most people have heard, I got a corgi, Nacho, who I'm completely in love with. Sarah, we would love to have another dog on Fantasy Island. Yes. Uh, We've talked about what kind of animals we could have to replace Mr. Jones. Should we have Elena get a puppy? Should there be maybe a bird? The thing about animals is they're really hard to shoot with. Even though Zeus, who was was our Mr. Jones, was actually very easy and the sweetest dog. Yes. We're always very cognizant of the production side. So, uh, you know... We're, we're definitely pondering. pondering. Yeah. Yes. A puppy is probably not the way to go. <laughs> probably not a puppy. <laughs> and then Connie asked, is it easier to cast the special guest stars for season two of Fantasy Island now that it is established? But we can't answer that because we really haven't been casting yet. We're still writing and, and we're in pre-production. We'll be casting in, what, a couple months? So we'll get back to you. <laughs> yes. I think it will be easier to cast because people know what they're doing. Yeah. They know they can look at the show and see if it's something they want to be a part of. So that should help. 
Laura says, how do you know if a story idea has legs? Mm. Now, this is something we've discussed, but it's definitely worth discussing again for all the uh, writers out there or people interested in writing. The way we know if it has legs often is if, well, there's two different kinds of ideas. There's an idea that's just like an idea for an episode, and we sort of know that has legs if everyone in the room is like nodding and saying yes and kind of lighting up. Yes. And then there's actual series ideas. And honestly, the main way we know if a series idea has legs is if we can keep talking about it. I mean, we'll just sit and talk about something. And if it sort of peters out, it's like, well, all right, (laughs) that's that. Although we should also say there are really two types of shows. I mean, a procedural has legs if it just has sort of good characters and a good setup because you can usually come up with procedural stories like look at 911 or 911 Lone Star, right? Really great characters and then procedural stories. But for more serialized shows, it's just, can we find twists? Can we think about things that could happen a year out or two years out to these characters? And if we can find those, then we're like, okay, this is good. We can make this work. Absolutely. This question comes from Meredy. She says, when you have a current project like Fantasy Island, does it take all of your creative energy or do you work on possible future projects also? Well, you know, it's funny. We talk sometimes about future projects. We'll get into a big conversation about a future project, but that's different from sitting down and like writing a pitch. We have not done that. No, I think it it takes so much of our just time working on Fantasy Island and pitches take a tremendous amount of time. So there's not enough time for both, but we definitely sort of mull and contemplate and think about what's next. Yes. Oh, this is an interesting question, Liz, from Elaine. Do you ever give or ask for parenting advice from each other? Do you have similar parenting styles? Do your kids know each other and play together? I love that question. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, we talk about parenting constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, We try to give each other advice. Oftentimes, we don't have any advice. We're like, I wish I had advice, but I don't. I know. It would be nice if one of us were like the parenting expert kind of person who like read all the parenting books and like kind of gathered all of that information. I try to do that, but I totally fail. I'll read like the first three chapters of something (laughs) and then stop. Um, So yes, of course, we talk about our kids a lot and I don't know if we have similar parenting styles or not, actually. I don't really think about parenting styles. Sarah, I think you are definitely stricter than I am or more structured. Oh, okay. Adam and I have a pretty lax parenting style. I am very intense about bedtime. (laughs) You're very intense about bedtime, which we are not. (laughs) And I think you do a better job of keeping Violet off screens than we do. I don't know about that. I mean, I try, but... Uh, But I think our attitudes are similar. Yes, I would agree. And our kids do know each other. And it's always fun when they get together because obviously it's like boy and a girl, there's a two-year age difference. But they do seem to really like each other and they play well together. Like they have a lot of fun. Yes, yes. They kind of have a brother-sister cousin vibe. Yeah. Um, They kind of accept that they're in each other's lives for the (laughs) long haul. 
I don't know. It's funny. It's like they just kind of, it's a given that they might be around each other and they're good with that. Yes, exactly. Here's a question from Bren. Have you ever considered separating? That's an interesting question. I would say no, not seriously. It's more of an issue of us splitting our paycheck and always sort of looking into the future and saying, are we earning enough that we can afford to continue to split our paycheck? Yeah, it's one of those things that is just so... The industry is changing in a way that makes it harder and harder for writers to make a sustainable living. And so far we can as a team, and as long as we can can continue to do that. But it's hard because we see that happening. And I think it makes us more like, okay, we really have to get things on the air, make sure we have really successful projects so that we can yeah. continue to do this because it works for us. This is how we like to work. Yeah. I mean, I do think for anyone out there thinking about a partnership in television, I would definitely advise someone to really consider if that's what they want to do, yeah. because it is not the same as it was when we started out. Right. So we were able to do it. It was great for us. But I think if I was talking to a young person, I would Tell them, if possible, do not do this. <laughs> Just the way you said that. If I was talking to a whippersnapper I, yes, <laughs> I know. from the geezer. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I do. Totally. I know I would. And we do say this to people a lot. We say yes, it to people all the time. Like, you really have to think about that. Yes. <laughs> and then Michelle said, when do you sleep? Seriously, between the show, the podcast, your families, your hobbies, hanging with your friends and whatever else you have going on in your lives. When do you actually find time to sleep? Well, the funny thing is we are both people who decided a long time ago that we are not going to do all-nighters anymore. Yes. So we do sleep. We do. We pack it all into the hours of not sleeping. I need to sleep. I'm just, it's not even negotiable for me at this point. Yeah. So yeah, we get, we get, I think, I mean, not as much sleep sometimes as we would like to, yeah. but I think we get enough sleep, generally speaking, and we, yeah, we just make it work in our hours that we have. Yeah. Fred says, do you accept story ideas from HIH listeners? If so, how can we submit them? Unfortunately, Fred, no, we don't. Yeah, we really can't take story ideas from anyone outside of our writers or people who we're hiring for a freelance. There are legal issues. You know, we do get emails fairly often from people and we just sort of delete them or don't read them because it's just not something we can do. We have only 13 episodes and we have our staff and we have freelancers who are already hired for the most part. So so we really don't. But it's funny because like my stepmom will will pitch story ideas and I'm like, that's an interesting idea. You yes, know? Like, yes, <laughs> yes. And you know, Sarah, it's interesting because I think people who don't write television often will have an idea and they're like, this is a great idea. Yeah, and it may be a great idea, yeah. but TV writing is really about execution more than it is about the idea. So, you know, we get emails, uh, aside from Fantasy Island, people say, I have a great idea for a TV show. Well, many people have a great idea for a TV show. It's more, do you have the experience and know-how to execute? Right. And can you convince someone else to put aside all of their ideas that they right. want to execute of their own that they're invested in to try and execute your idea? Which usually yes. the answer is no. <laughs> Connie Ann asks, will Adam be doing a storyline for season two? Good question. Maybe. 
We have not gotten there yet, but maybe he will. That would be fun. Kate is wondering, what topics do you specifically avoid on the podcast? Elizabeth, how do you keep happier and HIH prep slash stories separate? Has there ever been blowback for discussing something on the podcast from someone you know or are related to in real life? Interesting. Mm -hmm. She wants the tea. Yes. (laughs) I've never had blowback. Have you ever had blowback, Sarah? No. uh -uh. But that sort of goes to what we specifically avoid talking about. We have a policy not to talk about anything that sort of exposes another individual to something they might not want exposed. Yeah, we do Um, have to keep working (laughs) in this industry. So we're very careful about what we say about the people we work with, the vast majority of whom we really love. Yeah, I mean, I'm comfortable talking about myself, talking about my own foibles, my own shortcomings, uh, my temper, whatever it may be. But I don't talk about other people's. You know, I always tell Adam, I talk about you all the time on the podcast, but it's not anything that he would mind being said. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. And we don't talk about our kids quote, problems. You know, we don't feel that's our place to talk about them in public. Yes. So Liz, you didn't say how do you um, keep happier and happier in Hollywood prep slash stories separate? Well, there can be quite a bit of crossover. I'm often mentioning on this podcast, something Gretchen and I talked about and on happier, I often talk about something you and I talked about. The prep is easy to keep separate because obviously it's two different people and I have, we talk about them at different times. But yeah, it's not a problem. Uh, I actually, I think it one enhances the other. I agree. It has happened that like we'll be talking about a a topic for a segment and you'll be like, oh, well, we just talked about something similar on Happier or, you know, but it's not super frequent. No. Also because you and I are really mostly focused on the work area of life um, and Gretchen and I are much less focused on work. It doesn't come up that often. Yeah. Coming up, we'll answer a question about finances, but first this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, Sharman has a question about finances. Mm. They say, what is your recommendation for financial planning in a Hollywood job that may or may not exist for another season? Do versus don't. How can industry people create some financial stability, e.g. with a family, when the paychecks are inconsistent? 
And then they say workers who get paid regularly may not be clear on the Hollywood system of payments with a regular work. Well, I mean, this is the question of our time uh, in Hollywood. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, we only get paid when we're working, and there can be long stretches of not working. Now, in Hollywood, the pay tends to be good pay, not for assistants, but for writers, for people on crews, etc. And it's really a problem not knowing how long that money is going to be coming in for. Yes. So we do always tell people who are just starting out, like assistants who are getting their first writing job, like don't spend all your money, save your money, make sure you have a cushion. It is good to have a year of cushion. If you can have two years, great. But I think the way to protect yourself as much as possible, other than having a cushion, is to really network and make sure you're reaching out to people so that in those times when you don't have jobs, you're still hustling for the next job. And that's really all about like who you know and people wanting to hire you. And having a side hustle. It never hurts to have a side hustle. Yes. I think more and more people have side hustles. For instance, reading scripts, analyzing scripts for money. You and I have the podcasts. We have another question about the podcast sort of as our side hustle. Writing books, Sarah, you and I, when we worked on The Shield, speaking of splitting a paycheck, Mm -hmm. we did not bake very much on The Shield because it was a small cable show, but we really wanted to do the job. And so we actually wrote books on the side to supplement our income. And we know other TV writers who've written books on the side. And we have a friend I'll mention his book right now, Matt Witten, The Necklace, out, who always has written books alongside writing TV and movies. Yes, and our friend Nichelle Tramble also writes books. Yes. But Matt, actually, Matt Witten's book, The Necklace, came out pretty recently, and people should totally read it. I yes. I, I, read it as an audiobook in my car, which I really loved. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you said it was a great audio. Really good. Yeah, so obviously the don'ts. I mean, I think the obvious, right? Don't go out and, like, buy an expensive new car, Don't buy a house that's too expensive for you. We have known people who had to sell their house when money stopped coming in. And do the best thing to do, though, is to try to put that money into your IRA every year. Yeah. Like make that a priority. And, you know, again, I am no financial planner, but I do know if I know anything, it's that you should always put all the money you can into your IRA. Yes. And then Courtney wrote, I've always thought the jobs I would enjoy the most in TV would be as a location scout or in the props department. Can you tell us a little bit about how you work with these departments as showrunners, producers? We did an episode, it was episode 47, where we interviewed Veronique Vowell, who was our location manager on The Fix. So you can listen to that episode and find out everything you want to know about how we work with location managers. She's amazing. I think most recently she was location manager for The Morning Show on Apple, which I love. That has good locations. (laughs) Yes, it does. And then as for the props department, you know, it's really funny. I always find that I absolutely love prop masters. Yes. On... 
To make a generalization, they tend to be people who are incredibly creative and detail-oriented and, like, really want things to be kind of exactly what you want. Yes, and they're passionate. Yes. They have a passion for props. Yes, and their trucks are just, like, amazing. And I'm sure their garages as well. Like, they they have just this vast supply of everything you could possibly think of. And they have to be very creative because often they have to create a map or a book or know who to get to create something if they can't create it themselves. It is a lot of work to be a prop master. And it's under an extreme time pressure often because you could put something in a script on day four of prep that is shooting on day six and they're going to have to come up with this thing, whatever it is. It could be a sci-fi thing. It could be something simple like a map. It could be anything. And they're like, okay, I got to get this done. And they operate like with such extreme time pressure. And they're just like... Prop masters tend to be very cool people. And we do work pretty closely with them. Usually we'll do what we call a show and tell, and they'll show us the sort of most important props of the episode. And I'm just thinking how funny it is, Sarah, that they always have options. So say in the script it says a character has a bejeweled cane. And you'll think, where are you going to find a bejeweled cane? But they'll come and show you three bejeweled canes, and they'll say, do you want this, this, or this, you know? It's very impressive. Sarah, Rachel has a question for you. She wants to know, Sarah, how do you enjoy your chickens? Do they talk back yet? Mine love to make different noises to signify different issues. They always alert if something is overhead or if I have treats for them. That is so, Uh, do your chickens talk to you? I didn't think to ask. Yes, I love this question. Well, I am enjoying my chickens very much. We have three, Oreo Cookie and Emmy. Those are their new names. Violet renamed them, of course. (laughs) (laughs) They do talk. I mean, it's so funny how different their personalities are. Emmy is very kind of retiring and chill, and she kind of stays in the coop, and she's not super adventurous. And Cookie is, like, very adventurous but pretty quiet. And she's the Mm. one who Violet will pick up and pet the most because she's just like, yeah, it's fine. I'll hang out here and, you know, eat worms out of your hand. (laughs) And then Oreo is like super bossy and vocal and like always lets you know exactly what she's thinking. She's totally in charge of the coop and me Mm. (laughs) and everyone who crosses into her territory. (laughs) Um, Wow. Yes. And she will also fully let you know if she's going to lay an egg. She's just like, Everyone clear a space. Really? Yeah, she's like super loud. I'll be like, I think Oreo's laying an egg. Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm totally fascinated by the chickens. I'm so glad we have them. They're really fun. And have you been eating the eggs? Well, with the weather change and the darkness and the rain, uh, and the, they haven't been laying lately, but okay. I'm hoping soon. I'm hoping soon the okay. sun will come out and we'll have more eggs. But yes, when we have them, we eat them. They're wonderful. Fascinating. Okay, Liz. Beth wants to know, what is our typical daily schedule? What time do you get up? What's your morning routine? When do you get to work? When do you leave? What is your evening schedule? What time do you go to bed? Oh, hmm. interesting. Well, going and coming to work is a lot uh, <laughs> less common than it used to be. Yes. I get up at 630 
most days and take nacho out. That's my routine. I usually wake up at about six. Violet gets up at seven. So I usually wake up at about six and like go through emails and that kind of thing. You and I start our sort of official work day at 10, but often we'll work on something before that. Like if we need to have a conversation or if we need to have a meeting it, with people in Puerto Rico who are, you know, ahead, we'll try to have a 9 a.m. meeting or we may record at 8.30. So our workday sort of tends to start anywhere between 8.30 and 10. Yes. And then we don't really have a regular work schedule at this point. Like the writer's room probably officially is like 10 to 3 every day. But we can be in and out of that and we assign people to do stuff when we're not officially in the room and people are writing. So that tends to be kind of a flexible time. And then we kind of don't really have an end time for work. It's like the meetings stop at a certain point because in Puerto Rico, it's very late. So yes, but we'll keep working. (laughs) The thing about being a showrunner, and I think a reason that some people we know do not want to be showrunners, is that you are on call basically 24-7. It is not unusual at all for us to be on a whole email chain that's going back and forth and around or a text chain at midnight. Yeah. Or again, maybe 6 a.m. We tell the people in Puerto Rico, if we're not there, they can call us at any time if they have a question when we're shooting. And like, for instance, casting, we may be looking at casting tapes at 10 p.m. So it's just that kind of job. And that's why when people say like work-life balance, when you're running a show, it's just life is the show. And everything is just part of that. Yeah. And you have to set aside the times of your day when you won't be working. Yeah. We have dinner time and Violet's bedtime. And then that's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just this family's used to it. Yeah. Like, I'll be at dinner answering emails. That's not surprising to anyone. Right. Okay, Liz, should this be our last question? Yes. One more question. We have a question from Shannon, who wants to know if we are still planning on writing a fiction podcast. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's just back to the question of how much creative energy do we have while doing Fantasy Island? We went straight from season one to season two. So uh, we just didn't have time. We've written one episode of our fiction podcast, maybe even two. I think two. So yes, we do. But right now it's just on such a back burner to this huge project of Fantasy Island. But this actually brings up a question that I have for our our listeners, because people who have been listening for a while (laughs) will know that our first fiction podcast, which we started writing right before the pandemic, Mm. was about a pandemic. Yes. Which is why we were like, okay, pause. We're going to stop on this right now. I'm curious to know if people, like, have any interest Mm. in a fiction podcast about a pandemic. Ours was a very different kind of pandemic. Or is it something you would avoid, like the, forgive me for saying this, but like the plague? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Good question. 
Good. Please email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com or send a voice memo. We want to hear whether you would listen to our fiction podcast about a plague. Oh, sad. (laughs) All right. Coming up, we have a hack from a listener. But first, this break. Okay, Sarah, we are back with this week's Hollywood hack, and it comes from Heather And she has a driving hack, which you're very interested in because you are spending a lot of time in the car. Yes. Okay. So Heather says, my mom bought me this back support and it is incredible. Ergonomic support in the car feels amazing and is something I didn't even know I needed. Okay. So her mom got her a SitSmart core traction back support from Bed Bath & Beyond. It looks so great and I am totally getting one of these. She said she did the drive from LA to the Bay Area back and forth twice with zero back pain. So yeah, Liz, for me in particular, I am very interested in this hack. Thank you, Heather. Yes, looks like it's about $50, so affordable. And we will link to it in the show notes. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch i'm on instagram at s fane and liz is at liz craft we also have a facebook group search for happier in hollywood on facebook to join in on the conversation until next week i'm liz craft and i'm sarah fane thanks for joining us it's a fun job and we enjoy it Sarah, I haven't shown you yet the Christmas present my mom got me. What? Which is a sweater that has, it's a fun job embroidered on it. Oh my God. It's so awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Did she have it made or did she find that? She had it made from a company called Lingua Franca. And uh, she got Gretchen one that says upholder. (laughs) Nice. From the Onward Project.